You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This episode is brought to you by Summer School Electronics. Summer School Electronics is a pedal company from Syracuse, New York, making incredible stuff. There are a few summer school devices knocking around the shred shed, and I can tell you from personal experience, they sound great, they hold up, and Mark is a super cool dude. The first pedal I saw from them was the Science Fair, which is a parallel classic drive and distortion. And now they've released a new parallel concept called the Class Reunion. The Class Reunion takes a 90s muff style circuit and combines it with their Trash Panda, which is like a soft clipping, high gain, amp in a box style circuit. And it is a super, super versatile combination with all kinds of clipping options, parallel blending. It's really, really rad, a really cool idea, and I think you should check it out. So go over to summerschoolelectronics.com. That's summerschoolelectronics.com and check them out today. Hey, what's up, everybody? I hope it's all good in your neck of the woods or your corner of the block or under the ocean or wherever this is being beamed right to your ears. I hope it's good. I hope you're having a great time. I want to talk to you real quick before we get into today's episode about free pizza. Oh, what am I talking about? Free pizza. Yes, free pizza. A few episodes back on the episode I did with Robert Baker, YouTuber Robert Baker, great episode if you haven't listened to that yet. At the very end, you know, after I say good luck and good tones and all that, I I do outros, and I have done that pretty much on every episode that I've released. And they just contain any little extra nuggets, so I don't... It's just extra stuff that I didn't want to put in the beginning, because I try to get these to be as short as I can, because we want to get to the meat and potatoes of the episode. Um, But in that, I was like, hey, are these even worth my time? Are they even worth me you know, wasting my breath to record. I don't know how many people listen after I say good luck and good tones. Click. Well, apparently a lot of you do, uh, because what I did on that episode is I said, hey, the first three people to listen to this and email me will get free pizza. And so now that that's all been completed, uh, the three, those three people emailed within like the first hour or so. It was very, it was very quickly snatched up, uh, which tells me that people do listen to the outros. And if you don't, Maybe you should start, because I'm going to start putting nuggets in there uh, like that a little more often. I'm not going to do it all the time, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm trying to make it fun. This is a, this is a generally one-on-one conversation that you are a, a part of, and you're taking, you're taking part in it by listening, but I don't always hear from everyone. So, uh, you know, if you're not in, in the Facebook group, which I totally understand people who aren't on social media... Uh, you know that it gets it gets hard to interact with the show in other ways, but you can always email me, uh, and uh, you know just with whatever. But uh, yeah, I just was kind of seeing how many people were really paying attention. But I got like fifty emails, so apparently a lot of people are paying attention. Uh, but for those that aren't, I guess yeah, just listen to those last couple minutes. I may occasionally put good things in there. I may put a lot of nonsense in there as well, but that's yeah, that's fitting with the rest of the podcast. So. Anyway, today's episode is with Zach Ferenz. He's, I think, again, we're, we, we debate this in the beginning, wh- whether this is, I'm saying that right or not, but, uh, well, you'll see. I'll get right into it. The guy's got a great story. He's a super fascinating dude and a really cool guy, and he loves guitars, so we'll get into it right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Weiland, and with me today, I have Zach Ferenc of Ferenc and the Felons. Did I say that right? I hope I did. You know what? It's like an ongoing battle. Even in my own family, it's like my dad swears it's Ferenc, but my grandmother said it was Ferenc. I say either or. It still sounds cool, so either or. It's a good name. It's a good, uh, that's a good solid name. I like it a lot. Thank you. It's you know, just you hear some people's names like mm, quality name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, um, yeah, it's great to have you on the show. I know you're a guitar nut, and you have a crazy backstory that I don't know a whole lot about. I know just enough about to be super intrigued. So maybe we should just start 
from the very beginning, um, you know, you talked to uh, off the air about a, a specific Charvel that kind of came into your life. And maybe we can start there and um, we can talk about your musical story and how it got, you got to where you are today. Yeah, cool. Yeah, my brother had like, I have an older brother. Uh, I'm the youngest of three. And I have an older brother and we lived in like, uh, like the projects, which are like apartment, like low income apartments in like the East coast. They have them all over the U S but so we had like a really small room and we were like always on top of each other. So we were both heavy into music and he had a guitar that he had like found in the garbage or like pieced together. And I know it was like mainly a Charvel and, um, he spray painted it like yellow and like put stickers all over it. And I was, I think I was like 10 or 11. He went out one night and I just sat there and like tried to learn the riff from I'm Broken by Pantera. <laughs> that, <laughs> yes. that was like the first riff I tried to play because he was a huge Pantera fan and I like, I liked anything he liked. So it was like, I just tried to learn that riff and I was like, it was weird too because when I picked the guitar up, I, I already kind of knew how to like hold it. So mm -hmm. I think it's just something that came natural. Like my brother plays drums, he plays guitar, he plays bass. My sister played violin. I, we always kind of just were able to pick up instruments and like play them. So that's incredible. That's awesome. But that was where it all started. A Charvel that was pieced together from the garbage. <laughs> where did it, then where did it go from there though? So you, you started learning the Pantera riffs, but <laughs> your sounds like your family you know, you were stuck in these projects and, and you've talked about it a lot in your music and in the stuff you post on social, like it sounds like you had a rough time, you know, and it, it didn't maybe start improving until you started taking the music serious. Is that accurate? Yeah. Like <clears throat> my mom, my mom was like always a warrior. She had a heavy drug addiction. My father had a heavy drug addiction too, but he was kind of in and out. Like he would take off on us. But my, both of my parents, I got to give credit to both of them, they were huge rock and roll heads. So like music was always huge, you know, like big part of our upbringing was listening to, you know, Pink Floyd and, and, and Black Sabbath, whatever my parents were into, Neil Young. And uh, one cool thing about my parents is they both stayed up with the times with music. I remember my dad getting the first audio slave record. Now, my dad's 73 right now. Like nice. he, he, my parents like liked the grunge era and they were already like in their forties, you know? So they stayed with music. Uh, yeah. Music was always huge. Um, my brother is a very talented drummer. So he always gravitated to the drums. So I think when he came home that later that day, I tried to impress him and show him that I could play. And he got real excited because he said, I know how hard it is to keep band members. Maybe I can mold one out of my younger brother. <laughs> so I think that that was where it all started. I started like jamming with him when I was like, you know, 11, 12. And uh, he would bring me to the studio and we'd play. And we'd cover like Slayer and, and uh, you know, uh, Hatebreed and Madball. And mm -hmm. uh, that's where it started. It started with a power chord. Thank you, Nirvana, straight up. Yes. Like, one, of my Same biggest, here. one of my biggest influences and my brother's like favorite band of all time, both of us. Uh, Kurt Cobain was, had the ability to simplify a riff and make it so good, uh, and easy, easy for a beginner to learn, you know, a lot of those riffs. Oh yes. So yep. Smel smells like teen spirit was the first song I ever taught myself. So yeah, I'm, there, I'm right there with you. There you go, man. That, and, and big commercial, you know, had a big commercial, um, I guess you'd say it was just a big album. That's what the word I'm looking for. I fumbled there, yeah. but yeah, it was right. a huge well, album. Like, so. Impact. Yeah. Yeah. Probably all those songs were, yeah, huge impact and had good commercial success. And so mm -hmm. you heard those songs all the time on the East Coast. We had 92.3 K Rock, New York. Um, and you heard every Nirvana song, you know? So that was where it started, man. In the room, just grabbing a guitar and knowing that music was a good, was a good escape for me from what was going on inside my house. So, and there it is. And did, and so you started playing, I mean, what was your next band? Have you always played with your brother or what's the, you know, what led to the current band and how, so I, how you got great? Oh man, this is like years and years. So the first band I had oh, yeah. was like, <clears throat> when I got into high school, you started meeting like new kids. So I was like 13, 14. I was, I already knew I was going to drop out. I was like super bad. Like just wanted to basically like, you know, 
not pay attention and, and go out and play music and like party. And, uh, I met a few kids who listened to like the music I was listening to. And at that time it, it was on the heavier side, you know, a lot of heavy hardcore bands and metal bands influenced me. So I started a band called another day of dying with like friends. And it was like very much like a melodic hardcore band, but we never did anything. We like, you know, messed around. And then bands kept like forming out of that band. I wound up quitting high school. And then I got into a band that, me and my friends started called Victory Through Guile, and we were like a heavy, like death metal band. And I played guitar and did backup vocals, but we were all like real bad kids. We had like bad attitudes. We we like f you know fought a lot at shows. So it was like uh, the home life was pouring into like what we wanted to do. And um, I wind up le like leaving that band. Like we, it was just like none of us had our heads on right to do anything with it. And then I would constantly like be with my brother and he was in a similar boat, you know, he was touring and like giving it everything he had in some bands. And we started a hardcore band like later on, like had to be when I was 20 and we were like, this is going to be the band. Like we're going to push this one. I, I feel like I'm cleared like my mind up of all my demons. He thought, but it, it wasn't the case. We still had, I, I had a lot of work I had to do on myself. So I guess what I would say is Ference and the felons started in 2018 and it was after a long string of like me trying to do music but not being mentally able to do it ah i see i had not a lot able of to demons put in the time or a or lot of a, a lot of demons man a lot of uh uh, uh self-inflicted demons like uh i was a violent person i had a criminal uh criminal mindset um, I was doing a lot of things on the street that I shouldn't have been doing and I was getting jammed up for things and I, I'm no guy to, like I thought about it I was always very conscious. I said I'm no guy. I'm very talented But I'm no guy to go on tour or be in a touring band and then screw the band like screw the band over by getting arrested right before a tour or You know like getting involved with the wrong things and giving a band a bad reputation I didn't want to do that not to someone who was ready to go for it I have friends that went for it and you know, they're still playing today. If I would have been in their bands, dude, I would have brought them down. You know, like right. we, we would have wrote some good music, but like we would have also been like screwed like as a band. So I was right. I, I thought about those things and that's why it took me a long time to finally do it. When people say, oh, wow, you got started a little late. Well, with me is I had a lot of soul searching I had to do and it was good because I always wanted to be a songwriter. So it took it, it took me to go through all those phases, which I love. I love everything I, I listened to and played in. Um, it was all a, a, a building platform for me. So here I am now, like doing this thing, you know? Right, right. W were there any like specific moments where you realize like, hey, uh, you know, I'm into a situation where I may never get to play music again because I'm going to get locked up or because I may get shot or, you know, no, yeah. any, any number of things, you know, is, did that ever like cross your mind? Oh yeah. I remember one time it was at a show. I had, I had like some beef happened at like a hardcore show and, um, I, I was ready to take this like to the furthest extent and like, you know, go get like real crazy. And like, I just remember saying like, wow, I'm going to put myself in a situation. I'm going to put myself in a situation that I'm supposed to be like in love with. Like I loved music when I first heard, you know, guns and roses appetite for destruction as a child, I was like, I want to play guitar. And then like, when I first heard like Madball hold it down, I was like, I want to like start a hardcore band, you know, like music was always very, like it spoke to me. It was the one language I understood. Um, so I, I was, I'm glad that I like was able to see like, wow, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do music wrong. Like I'm going to do music wrong if I don't step out and like mm. not go on tour. And I, and I did like with war story, we did some like short runs and like we recorded a few EPs and we played some cool shows and I just still wasn't fully there yet. I was still like st still getting over a lot of the demons I had. And now I'm like, I, I finally was able to figure a lot of things out and go at this the right way, the positive way, like give people something that music gave me. I feel like that's the least I can do, you know, as an mm -hmm. artist. Yeah. And show, show people that there's a, there's a different way of going about things, even though you might come from something that's 
horrible. I mean, you, you talked about some positive aspects, but you know, reading between the lines, I could tell you had some really negative experiences at home and it's like, you can either let that destroy you or you can go about it the way you're going about it now. And it's amazing how many people do let it destroy them because it, in fact, it, that's usually what happens. For sure. For sure. And you hear like, you, you, you could take some songwriters' songs or lyrics, and when they're in that negative mindset, you are putting negativity out into the world. No matter what you think, when your lyrics are, are very, uh, um, are just very driven by negativity, they're just negative. When your lyrics are negative, when the, when the thought behind the songwriting is negative, what do you think the energy is? What do you think these people are going to receive? They're going to get the negativity and those people are going to attract to that music and violence is going to occur during these shows, you know, these hardcore shows. That's the way I felt. I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm just saying that I'm grateful I'm not in that mindset anymore. It, it was a big part of my life, you know, but my lyrics now I, I are very positive, I believe, and very like transparent to very similar to hip hop. You know, I always tell people like I got like a hip hop like style of approaching my lyrics because that's how I grew up, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is at every song is in every song. So that's just the only way for me, man, is to really help people and uplift people. And like, like music did for me, man, seeing slash, you know, play sweet child of mine as a kid, I was like, yo, I want to be that guy. Right. You know, did. That's of like what, what attracted me to the guitar. And then Kurt Cobain, you know, he had such deep, dark, depressive lyrics that I was like, wow, I am that guy. Or, or me and my mother and my brother, we'll listen to like Alice in Chains and one of, one of our favorites. And I remember my mom battling a heavy heroin addiction hearing a song like Nutshell. She'd start tearing up and say like, this song was written for me, you know? And you just feel that you're like, damn, man, this, this is so, so powerful. Like, this is so powerful. So the least I could do is approach it positively and, and with the right mindset and help build a community and, and be a part of this big community. I, I'm grateful to have like, you know, linked up with you, someone who cares so much. That's the beautiful part of this musical journey is like just the friends and the community that it builds. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's the best part. You know, I'm, I'm coming at this, uh, you know, from a, a little bit different, uh, well, kind of a weird w- way, you know, of actually talking to musicians such as yourself. You know, I started with talking to, you know, pedal builders and, and guitar builders, and I'm still going to talk to those people always, but it's starting to like, I'm starting to like, oh no, I'm, I'm starting to get to know legit touring performing people who are really doing this thing that I, I mean, honestly, in my mind, that was always like a pipe dream to me. I'm like, that's not ever going to be my life. Uh, and it never really wanted it to be, but also it was like, I'm amazed how, um, how close and approachable everything is. You know, it is much more welcoming than, than it might seem on the surface. It seems kind of daunting, you know, when you're the one in the audience and, uh, it's like, there it's, it's almost like this whole other world's going on back there. That you don't have anything, you know, everybody any wants to talk to. to you, man. Just, just take this as, and I'm nobody, I'm a nobody, but I mean, I know you've had some bigger names on your podcast. What I would say is this, man. Everybody wants to just have a conversation about what they love. Like when I listen to your podcast, I'm like, dude, this guy loves the guitar. So do I like who better mm-hmm. to talk to? Like, you know, like, so I think, it, I think that that's what you're doing is amazing. And you, you approach it with, with pure, like with honesty, this is what you love. This is what you care about. And that's why you are, you know, gaining success and are able to connect with people. So for sure, pat yourself on the back for working hard and, and, and sticking to something that you truly care about because that's why it's going good. And I really appreciate that. I'm glad that, that that comes through because it really is. I get, I still, you know, even after all this time of being deeply immersed in, I still get excited about what new things are coming out and what, you know, what the possibilities that that might mean, you know, like, oh man, now we can make these kind of sounds. We could never yep. make those kind of sounds before type, you know. So I'm glad to still I'm glad to still be just as excited about it now as I was, you know, five, six years ago. Um, and oh, yeah. I, if anything, I'm just getting more excited about it because now I, I get to see all the not all of it, but I get to see a lot of the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff, which is fun, fun dude, to me anyway. Dude, you'll get a kick out of this. I'm in reverb jail. Like I've literally put myself in reverb jail. I'm like, oh, no, Yo. 
I'm like, dude, I, I gotta like stop, man. Like, I, I, I gotta get off reverb. <laughs> I just live on reverb. Reverb is like, it's like the devil's highway that leads you to heaven. You're like, dude, this is like the best and worst thing all in one. I can't get enough of it. You know, like, I just keep looking. I recently scored a Martin. It's a um, custom shop double O eighteen, and yeah, what happened was the I don't think the guy knew what he had. Uh, he kind of listed it weird, and it had a crazy low price on it. And I made him obviously like a little bit of a lower offer, and he took it. And I wound up with it. I, I didn't I didn't need the guitar, but I'm like, dude, like how could I not? Like oh, this yeah. is like a four thousand dollar guitar that I'm about to get for fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> but then there <laughs> you go. The kind of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like, well, I gotta move. I'll have to move some finances around for this, but it'll be fine. It's a, it's a, it's a business expense. It's okay. You yeah, know? yeah, that's it's what a, I try to tell myself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're a, you're a singer. You're a songwriter. You need you need guitars. You gotta have tools, man. Absolutely. So, speaking of tools, let's uh, let's go go to the like kind of the current rig, and I'm sure it changes with the with the songs because the songs all sound very different. But what do you um, what do you play when you're playing? So for me, it's like. Gibson guitar fender amp. It sounds so like cliche to say that, but I don't know, man. It's just like putting like peanut butter and jelly together, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. So I do alternate, like I play a 335 dominantly. That's just like mm -hmm. my go-to, like with a live setting with an electric band. Um, but I also do have a Les Paul. I have a Les Paul custom. So I'll I'll Ooh, go yeah. in, in between those, and honestly, I think the great one of the greatest amps ever built is a Princeton, and um, so I do a lot of playing out of the Princeton. But I also have like a twin. I'm like hit or miss on the twin though. Like I felt like I like needed a twin at one point. I was playing strats heavy, and I was like mm -hmm. really into like SRV and like all that. And I'm like, dude, I need a twin. And now I'm like, I don't know, man. They're like the super heavy. I'm not dissing them. They're amazing amps. But right now, my rig is Princeton. And um, if I need to go bigger and we're not mic'd up, then I'll use the twin. And then I just go into like a Gibson guitar. Like really, the 335 is my go-to. And then, like I said, I'll, or I'll switch to the Les Paul. And uh, rec recently, I had my Strat final, like finally built. Like I did a lot of customizing to a custom shop Strat that I had like scored the first custom shop i ever bought and uh i had it like repainted i threw like a humbucker in the bridge so like i guess yeah there's my rig and then pedals it can get weird i don't know how deep you want to go but oh yeah let's let's get it let's get deep so i'm thinking about getting rid of i, I have this strymon big sky uh -huh. and i'm like ready to just kind of just go with the princeton's reverb like i don't know if that's the crazy move but i'm trying to go less and less pedals now so right now I'm running just like tuner. Obviously, I just use a Korg Pitch Black because I'm kind of blind. I'm kind of blind, so I could see like the bigger letter. I, I like go the Pitch Black. I go into a Keeley compressor, um, and then I that goes into overdrives, which I have two right now that I'm running. I'm oh, running, I'll be in trouble if I, if I don't ask which Keeley compressor is the the two knobber or the the no, it's the four knobber. Four knobber, gotcha. It has the four Great. knobs, yeah. That one's actually really cool too. Yes, uh, I'm still trying to figure out why I need it, but it does like I, I should learn these things. This is where you can probably help me. But like, I, I played with this one guitar player years ago, and he's like, "Dude, you just throw a compressor on your board." And he worked at Guitar Center at the time, so he just was like, "Dude, this compressor kills!" Like, get this one. And he said, "Just like put it right after your tuner." And I and like I've just never taken it off my board. Um. And I have it like dialed in. I got to like work with that more though. Like I, I get what it's doing, but I just, sometimes I'm like, I could probably put something else there, but um, I'll leave that there for now. What do you well, say? Well, well, I, I like, I'm not a big compressor, compressor user myself because I generally am playing with like a lot of dirt and, and I got, I got plenty of compression going on already. Okay. But, but, um, I I do really enjoy the the Keeley the newer Keeley uh, compressor plus. Um, it's also a four knobber, 
but one of the knobs is now a blend knob instead. And, um, and then it's got a humbucker and single coil mode on it. Oh, and then wow. the standard, yeah, tone control, volume, and compression, I believe, are the controls. I have to go look at it. But that one kind of changed my tune. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is the compressor that I've been looking for. Yeah, it kind of adds some adds some sparkle. If you you know, if you don't like it so squishy, you can dial in, you know, up to 50 percent of your unaffected tone. So, okay. you know, so and and with compressors, I've found that I really like blends on compressor as a player. You yep. know, um, it just it, it lets you dial in the feel a little better instead of just having, you know, all or nothing. It look, lets you kind of play in both both fields, so that's that might be where you want to go. But you know, the four knob, this the classic four knob Keeleys, Obviously, it's a standard. Like that's a yep. that's an industry standard. So it's a great pedal. You just got to yeah. kind of play around with it. I got to mess with it for sure. You know, and I play like a lot of clean tone, so mm-hmm. um, it, it works good with that. And then I um, so yeah, I'll go from the compressor, and then I go into a full tone OCD classic which i think is just like a classic and then my buddy rocky from mercy union gave me a like a dumble kind of we were talking about dumbles and like he got me this pedal that like basically is i don't even know what it is i'll be honest with you but it sounds (laughs) awesome i wish i I, you know what i was like let me take a picture of my board i'm nowhere near my board right now and i'm like so i could tell this guy but i have like a dumble kind of overdrive also that i leave on the lighter side so like if I'm just gonna like play like I play I like playing a lot of blues. So if I'm gonna play like a lot of blues and I just want to like kick it up a little bit, I'll go to that just to get a little dirt. And then if I'm gonna mm-hmm. like do a bigger lead or like a part where I know I need like more gain, I'll just kick over like the OCD and have it dialed up like a little more intense, you know. So yeah. that's like the top part of my board. And then I was using an Empress tape delay. Okay. And I, I, I don't, I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, I'm not like, I just, I didn't think I needed it really. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I would have like maybe went with something else. I, I was I, maybe something a little like, I'm a guy that needs simple. Like, give me some, like, give me like a carbon. What is it? Like the MXR, like carbon copy. Like, I don't know. I think maybe that might be better for me. I, it's definitely a great sounding pedal and it's simple to use. Um, I, I know the boutique has- thing's big. Like, you know, the boutique thing is like getting big, but I think some of those pedals, you just can't like, you just can't like do it as good as they did. Like an MXR, I have a chorus, MXR chorus. It's a chorus pedal. Like, can it get like that much crazier? I don't, maybe it can. I don't know. You help me. Uh, yeah, I can get really crazy really fast. Uh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a company out there that you may or may not have heard of, uh, depending on how nerdy you are, but chase bliss audio. And, yes. Um, yep, when you look at what they can do with, with, uh, with modulation, uh, it's, it's like, whoo boy, this okay. is, this is, this gets in a, it gets deep in a big, big hurry. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty nuts. It, there's, it's just these guys are like just crazy genius. Like I know that none of them think they are, but they're like these crazy geniuses that think of things like that have never been done before. And so, and then they then then not only do they think of something that's never been done before, then they have to figure out how to do it, and they do. It's yeah. like they're the scientist ugh. from The Simpsons, the guy that's always like got the glasses on. And he like that's runs them. It. That's them. They're like I, I I was um that's when I got into the Strymon thing. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I started looking into all this Strymon stuff and I'm like, wow, man, you could do a lot with their stuff, you know? But then for me, it, it just, it gets, it confuses the hell out of me. I'm like, wait a minute. Like I got so much going on in my head. I'm like, how do I simplify this? So for me with gear, it's like, I care more about the guitar, the pickup and the amp. The mm-hmm. pedals to me can be like kind of basic as long as they're good. Like. Do they stand the test of time? All right, let me get those on my board. And I think that that's what I'm trying to figure out right now is like yeah. what, what belongs there. Cause I do run an MXR chorus, which it's, it's never done me wrong. You know, it's just like, it's a good it's, chorus. It's a good chorus. You know, it's like, it's easy. I just kind of dial, like I have my tone dialed in the Empress delay. I, I, I gotta, I gotta play with it a little bit more, but again, I don't really use too much delay. So 
I don't know. I, that that's one that the one that I do love that I have is a is a Strymon Deco. Oh, oh, that pedal is so awesome. I yeah. love that pedal. If you listen to like the new single War Story that we put the video out for, if you just yeah. carefully listen to the guitar, that's dominant Strymon Deco. Like I, oh. I use that pedal hard on that on that recording for sure. Oh, like I'm gonna I'm gonna go listen with the different with different ears now because I gotta yeah. I gotta pick that out. That's the that's the pedal that you could tell like wait what's going on here that's the deco that I that that pedal is really cool I think uh, I guess it's similar though right it's like a tape delay it's, or it's, it's like a sort of a, yeah the 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 deco is like a double tracker so like you know back in the day when they figured out how to you know double track things in the studio it's trying to mimic that to to some degree but then it also that you know they they make it to like imitate the tape being messed up or you know that's where that wobble comes in or yes you can adjust the zero point on where it you know where it overlaps and all these things it's it's really cool it's just but you don't have to even know any of that stuff you just turn it on and wiggle the knobs around and you're gonna find a really awesome sound in that pedal it's just that's very very nicely designed you can sit there for hours and then there's like an overdrive portion to the pedal yeah like a a tape saturation kind of emulator deal there you go see you know you're like you're ready to go you're like dude i know all these terms i I, i'll be real with you i love the guitar and i love the things that they're doing but like it just it fries my mind like i'll be talking with my friends and they're like dude so then you rig this to this and if you see my board it's like a disaster it's like it's ready (laughs) to go but like i'm like taping things last minute and like I, i don't know it's like i never really keep it in too good of condition i'm more concerned with just like ripping i I like to just play the guitar you know and um i'm trying to learn more about the pedals which is why i started listening to your podcast because you do talk a lot about these new uh products that are coming out and the things that they can do and it helps me like figure okay what what should i youtube what should i look into power of the internet man i mean it's a beautiful thing it it helps us find things we would have never imagined so let's talk your guitar player obviously i'm a guitar player I always like to say, like, I always like to think of people's influences because I think that that that's kind of what helps people like build their tone, right? So mm-hmm. for me, for me, it's like BB King. BB King's one of my favorite players, or like, you know, Muddy Waters, like these old blues players, and their 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 setups were super simple. They oh, yeah. were just you know like a telecast, like BB playing like an ES into like you know a fender or whatever amp that he would he would run through or muddy waters playing a telecaster like they would just utilize like they were minimalists kind of and i think sometimes i don't know if you agree with this but i think sometimes we're trying to get that and we're overdoing things to try to get that you know mike campbell said in an interview one time dude a telecaster into a princeton that's an unstoppable tone yeah i'd agree with that Yep. If you just take a Telecaster, I do it all the time when I'm home. I have a Telecaster. I just plug my Telecaster straight into my Princeton. And I just mess with the trim and I'm like nice reverb at like five. And I could play for like four hours like that. So oh, like, yeah. those are the things I'm trying to figure. Like, how do you hold on to that? How do you, you know, cause it could get crazy. You know, it could like, I could have 75. Pe- John Mayer is one of my favorite guitar players. I'll admit that right now. He's, an amazing guitar player and he has like five pedal boards that are the size of me <laughs> like, yes, he dude does. what you know he's got to be someone you got to interview man that that's uh, that's the goal, I, I would love to i would love to talk to john that would be incredible that would be he, that would be such a fun interview <laughs> that would <laughs> be, be fun man he knows he he i went and saw him uh, at msg recently and i was like right on the side of the stage and i was able to see like just his layout and it was like incredible man like yeah super incredible i I wish i could find the 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 link i watched it on a graveyard shift like five years ago uh i maybe even longer i can't remember but it was john mayer talking about like it was just a clip it like a clip of him like talking at a college or something and and he was talking about like basically what we all know is like pedal addiction. Like he's, he was like, yeah, I'm buying pedals. I don't need it's, you know, it's just fun to buy pedals, blah, blah. And he's like, I bought this, but you know, I bought this reverb and he's like, it cost me 200 bucks or whatever. And he was like, and you know, it, it's not that much in the grand scheme of things, but you know, over time it adds up 200 bucks here, 200 bucks there. Pretty soon you're spending in not very long. You're spending serious money. 
Yeah. And uh, he, he was talking about like how much money he, he had wasted basically. And he was like, except for this pedal, I bought it. And then I can't remember which riff he played, but he played one of his like classic iconic riffs. He's like, it inspired that riff. He's like, and it paid for all of those pedals. So it's totally worth it. Just buying gear. All the time. <laughs> You're right though. That That's the thing that the deco did for me, man. That's why I love that pedal. I don't want to let it go. I, mm-hmm. I, my buddy told me, Hey, check out the deco. And I just blindly bought it. Like I just ordered it one day. I was like, yo, my boy said it's cool. Like I'll order it. And then I like got it. And I, and I wrote like, I wrote, I had war story written, but when I started playing it on with the deco on, I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is oh, going to be amazing. like, this is going to be the tone. So you know what, man, credit to John Mayer. Cause that's the truth about it. But that's with anything, right? Like I might not have the money to spend a thousand dollars right now to go to like, on a vacation. But if I do that, it's going to inspire me heavily, you know? So like, I guess you're right. It's, it's a give, it's a give, it's a give and take. I, I'm probably going to get off the phone with you and take myself out of reverb jail. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do, you know, you got to use the link tonemob.com slash reverb for all your reverb purchasing needs, everyone. Uh, oh, all right, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I, I, will I usually plug that in the beginning of the episode, but Hey, it seemed like a perfect opportunity. Dude, um, hell yeah. <laughs> tell your friends um but be careful yeah d- yeah you might have to put yourself in reverb jail again it's a dangerous it's a dangerous place i'm a guitar guy so that it, it gets very expensive i start looking at less pauls that i know i cannot afford mm-hmm. and i'm like i got a good credit card that's kind of wide open and it's like no dude like <laughs> you can't spend five thousand dollars on the Les paul right now you got one sitting in your room Right. <laughs> I know. Well, it's like I I I was texting my my friends Jess and Leon. They were, you know, they're my they're my good good friends and also fellow gear nerds. And they the, the Chase Bliss and Cooper Effects are just two really cool companies right now and they just launched a pedal together. Wow. That was like a Chase Bliss version of a Cooper Effects pedal that, that I already had. And I texted them like, "Why do I why do I want the Chase Bliss version too?" I was like, I know it can do some things that the original can't, but not, it, you know, not enough to justify me buying one when I already have one. But somehow yeah. the sickness in me, like almost, it almost made me buy one. It was, it was <sighs> dangerous. It, was- it is. It is. I had this, I, you have, have, have you ever been big on guitars, like buying guitars and getting rid of them? And No, <sighs> I'm a, I'm what you call a hoarder. And okay. uh, I, I just buy them and then I keep them. And then I, have too many of them. That's what, that's what I do. Yeah. So I that's went my- through this big phase before I started felons. Like it, felon saved my life. Honestly, man, like the whole formation of like the band, the vision, everything that I, I was finally Like that thing saved my life from me going completely crazy and falling into like society standards and something that I never really wanted. Um, but before I had the band, I was buying a lot of guitars cause I was making good money. And I, I was in no band. I have no kids, you know. I just have a girlfriend. We split all the bills. So I was, like, buying all these guitars that I always wanted but could never afford. And I'm buying, like, custom shop strats. And at one point, I'm like, why do I have three custom shop strats? Now, dude, mind you, I'm the typical kid who grew up poor and finally, like, made a little bit of money and was like, I'm buying three custom shop strats. Like, <laughs> yeah, nobody, right. Everyone must have been like, like, what is like all my friends that are like in the music world were like, what is he doing? How does he have three? Like, but I bought this one guitar. It was from Chicago Music Exchange. And I'm I want to plug them right now because I, I want to cry that I let it go. It was an SG, it was a custom SG, and it had 355 block inlays. It had Ooh. the diamond headstock. And it was a little bit like relic. I'm not big on the relicking, but it had a little like subtle relic to where it just looked like an old SG. It was like a cherry red finish. And I forget, they, they must have got it used or something. It, it wasn't that expensive. I got it. And I'll never forget, I was playing. I was like, dude, SG is my favorite guitar. Like aesthetically, an SG looks the sickest to me. And um, But they're so small. I'm a big guy. I'm six foot two, almost six three, like 270 pounds. Like I'm oh, not. Yeah, that's gonna look that's gonna look little on you. It looked like a ukulele. So I, I played it in the show in the city and I, I just like it was giving me some trouble. I think like one of the strings came off like down on like came off the nut and I didn't realize it. And as I went to go solo, like it was just added like the string uh, carve on the nut and I like couldn't get the string and then I like kind of like slammed like just kind of like got pissed at the guitar. 
And I was like, I'm never playing this thing again. And then I'm like, nah, I love you, SG. And then my friend like showed me a, vi- <laughs> my friend like showed me a video of me playing it, and I was like, wait a minute, holy, like I need something to like. I, I got to go back to playing my 335, man. This thing looks like a ukulele. I can't do it. <laughs> so I, I like let the SG go, and I'm like, dude, I just I regret it. I regret it all the time. I, I don't know where it went. I don't even know. I can't think about it. That, that's <laughs> me being a gear nerd. That. That's me being a gear nerd, man. I can't. I can't yeah. think about that. No, I understand. I, you know, there's there's always that one that got away. Everyone has that. That's Everyone it. has that one that got. Away. That's the one, and man. I will say, I, I I only think about this occasionally, um, and it, it's not true across the board. But one th- one good thing about being a, a small dude is that like you can you can play almost any guitar you want. It's very there's very few that are like too big. Like, everything looks badass know. on you it looks fine yeah it's like yeah. there it is it looks like it fits i was like trying to explain like we went and seen social d here a couple weeks ago and i was like like mike ness isn't a very big guy like he's the same size as me roughly that gold and top a gold top looks great on him because <laughs> yeah. but if he was a giant man it wouldn't look as cool it was exactly. it's kind of a funny funny thing to think about but and that's the thing i think why i go to the b the bb king approach like I, I got heavy into um, playing ho- semi hollows, and for mm-hmm. me, it was just always get like Gibson. Come on, man! Like, I just feel like you, you got to have a Gibson in the arsenal if you're going to get like a semi hollow. So uh, I have a walnut finish three thirty five, and um, I don't know why American Musical Supply had like a low price on them, and they only had a limited amount. And I and I scored one, and um, that guitar has just become like my number one guitar and i and i had a cher- i had a cherry red before so I, I i was familiar with them they're amazing they're they hold a very good sustain you could play really heavy on them too believe it or not people don't think that oh, but you, you can't i know I, I i'm always amazed at how many people don't think about like i mean let's see who's like the b- biggest uh known user of a 335 in modern times is dave grohl you know it's yep. like you can you can get those things rocking like really really nicely I really I need one. I need to have a 335 in the arsenal. You do. That's a a problem. I think it's a must. And this is why I'm happy. So here's my guitar setup right now. I got my Fender Strat that I had painted uh, uh, like a Dodge purple. It's like a purple that Dodge used for cars. So I had that painted purple from my mother who passed away. Um, And then um, I have so I have my Strat. I I redid the pickups. I put 269 Hendrix custom shops in the. and it's a custom shop strat. It's like a 64. But I put uh, new pickups in it. I did like 69 Hendrix, like hand-wired pickups for the uh, neck in the middle. And then I put an EVH, like an Eddie Van Halen in the bridge to get like a, uh, just like a good like kickover if I want to like rip some like something heavier, you know? Yeah. Um, so I got that strat. I have a smuggler telly, which is like one oh. of those. Yeah, which is very interesting. I have a smuggler telly. It's like a custom shop remake that some guy didn't have the cert on it, so I got it really cheap. I would have never bought it, dude. If this thing didn't play so good, it's like the standard telly. It's like ash blonde, or not not even like just like the ash color. And then yeah. it's like maple board. It's like the most boring thing. Like you look at it and you're like, a telecaster. It looks like it was like a four hundred dollar telecaster. I'm like, but when you <laughs> when you play this thing, the the custom shop quality. And it's not relic, which I don't like the relicking. Um, I, th- I thought I did for a minute, but then I just said, let me just relic them myself. That was like my vision. I'm not knocking it. Like, I get it. They're very comfortable to play, but I'd rather go relic them myself, you know? Yeah, so, it is so fun I, to do. It, it is. I got the Strat. I got the Telly. I got the 335. And I got the uh, Les Paul. So I feel like right now I'm good with electrics. You know, like, w- what else could I really get? Like, a, a Jaguar, maybe? But yeah, Jazzmaster. I know. I like the Jaguars, man. I, I, I do I like, like a Jaguar. I like those, too. I like them both. I think I, we like them all. We like them all. A little bit. Yeah? I got to play yeah, some more I, of them. It's just, a, it's a little bit, uh, they're, such a, they're such different guitars, really, um, at the end of the day. But I, there's just something about the Jazzmaster body shape and and the sound. I don't know. I love it. It's it's a 
it's it's a special thing. I feel like I feel like the hipsters are right on this one. The jazz master is an excellent guitar. I love. I love oh yeah, them. you know what? Here's the thing too. The hipsters are right on a lot of things. People, like you know, I started thinking about this. Like living right outside New York City, like Jersey City area. It's very like you know. It's obviously gentrified neighborhoods. These these neighborhoods are changing. Hey man, the, these guys listen to good music. These people they they have good taste. You know like. I think the hipsters are hit the nail on the head because they like tellies too, and you cannot go wrong with a telly. You have to have a telly. Like it's true. It's, it's the first ever electric guitar, right? Like to my knowledge, like the te- the, well, the broadcaster was oh, like yeah, f- yeah, the first product like production available, commercially available. available. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But either mm-hmm. way, it's a Telecaster. Keith Richards with a cigarette out of his mouth. I I picture a Telecaster. You know, like for me, Muddy Waters, like Telecaster. Um. I feel like you have to have, and then I have friends that bash strats, but you, to me, you have to have a strat. Like to me, you do. It, I don't I, know if you're going to agree with me. I can't. I, here's the thing. Nothing sounds like a good strat. Like, nothing. Nothing sounds like a good strat. My problem is, and it's not really anyone's particular fault. And, and the same could be said about Les Paul's is this is just my, me being, being neurotic and weird about it. Okay. When I, when I think of guitar, like just bass, like bass level, boring, like the most boring guitar you could picture, I think Stratus. of a Stratocaster. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And you know why but, you think that? Samic, Samic package, like local guitar store, like hundred dollar yes. starter pack. That's mm-hmm. why we think that. You're right. Yep. That's And that's what just instantly c- comes into my brain. So it's not like a Stratocaster's never been the coolest guitar to me. That said... I have a deep yearning for a weird strat that most people don't really care that much about. And that is like a 1970s big headstock rosewood board, all oh, black yeah. or all white. I, I'm about that. Let's get all real here. The, the, the big headstock is the way to go, man. Like I agree. I think it's so cool, man. The, the, like, so they started doing that like 60, was it like six? Well, CBS took over, right? Like sixty five yeah. towards the end, so they started yeah. introducing that in the late sixties, like sixty eight, sixty nine, because Hendrix had one. That's true. Yeah, Hendrix did have one, and I, yeah, that, that's probably right. S- late sixties, early seventies. I really am not a great on my history of of things. I should be a little better on that, but I think that's yeah. where where it's at. And and let's be real, you're right, man. Fat headstock for sure. Like looks so cool. White would look really cool with a rosewood board. And the thing is, here's where I'm at in my guitar point. Like, I had my 335 hand painted by a guy who's a, a pinstriper and letter painter, like in oh, my cool. neighborhood. Old, old school guy, real old school guy. His father was a pinstriper and a letter painter. I had him hand paint product of the projects on my 335. It's just my, like, it's just like me paying homage to my upbringing. And then I had him paint on my Martin, we are all felons, which is like the slogan and like the slogan, the slogan, <laughs> there it is, slogan, the logo slogan. But I, like I had it. him paint that and I said, that's what you got to think. If you get a strat, you got to do your own thing to it. Like there's a lot of cool things you could do. Like you could get a white strat, but then you could like maybe have it painted in a weird way or throw some certain things on just to make it yours, like, per- like personalize it a little bit, you know? Yeah, that's true. I, I I am big into you know that. I I, I like I'm kind of weird with guitars. Like I really like getting things from small builders when I can. Yep. Um but I also like very classic designs. So For sure. You know, so it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing. And so like I find myself gravitating towards like small builders and weird vintage stuff. So like like really like you know, like my my Les Paul custom is a 1981. <laughs> Nice. And I love it to death, but it's, that's not like a desirable, to my knowledge, that's not like a desirable year or anything. It's no. just like the one, the one I found that I liked the best. And so anyway, I got this 65 melody maker that's refinished and, uh, it's just a weird old guitar. I didn't do it. Somebody else did it before I ever got it. I just like guitars with, with weird backstories that I don't, that I'll never really know. There you go. And I want to ask you a question cause you love guitar and I love asking people this. If I told you, look, the check's blank, you can only get one guitar, but the check mm. is blank. And and that, like, obviously we're going to say like a 59 Les Paul, right? Because then we could just go sell it and buy 40 guitars. 
Right. But if you could just get one guitar and you got to hold on to it, that's the key thing. You'd have to keep it for life. But I'd give you the blank check. We'd write the check. What guitar do you get, man? What is your guitar? I think I know. I think I know. Go ahead. Um, I I think it would be the what well, now I should say, barring my my granddad's uh, Les Paul Junior, which I have, like that's my right. That's my last guitar. You know, like if if everything goes down, like and like that's the last thing I last guitar I have to sell. Like that's the one I'm gonna go bankrupt for. You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> but, absolutely. Like um. So the barring that pretend that guitar doesn't exist. It's a 1963 blonde jazz master. I played at Grun's guitars in Nashville about two years ago. Wow. It was, it was not the most expensive guitar there by any stretch, but well no. beyond what I was wanting to spend. I think it was like eight grand, which isn't even that crazy for, you know, you know, all things considered, it was an original blonde, you know, all original as far as I could tell, as far as I was aware. And, um, you know, had the case and had some of the goodies with it. And it was played in, in, you know, you know, you're talking about when you say relic it yourself, somebody that was broken it in. Yeah. Oh, it was broken. So perfectly. I still think I've had, I had literal dreams about that guitar like two weeks ago. <laughs> it was just like, I'm yeah. never going to be able, I, that was just like, my dad was like, you should just take that home. And I was like, I cannot just drop eight grand. I would, yeah. that is the, I'm financially irresponsible, but I am not that financially irresponsible. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big move, man. That's a power move. Yeah, I'm not sure. balling that hard. That's not me. I, I <laughs> always like to ask, doesn't pay that good. I got you. I always like to ask that question just because it's like you can kind of you kind of get what some maybe what someone's musical influences are or like what they desire, you know, because I'm always torn between two. It would be a 52, just a 52 butterscotch telly. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, come on, Blackguard Telly, you just yeah. you just I, and I want it a be- like I want the thing to look like it got dragged down the side of the road for sure. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, it's always it's always between that or like you know just the traditional like fifty seven like fifty fifty eight or fifty nine like Les Paul like somewhere in that that the, that range you know those would be the two. So I, I'm I'm interested. I like that you said that the the uh, the jazz master is that yeah, yeah that. It's a very specific one too, because if you had asked me that before I ever played that guitar, I would probably say a white Les Paul custom. That would that would but would have been my immediate answer. But awesome. having thank yeah, you, that's like, awesome. White Les Paul customs, awesome. That's that's and I'm very like I'm I'm still blown away that I have the one I have because I looked for a long time. I started to think like a Les Paul custom aesthetically was my dream guitar, and. But I'd played so many over the years that I didn't like. I was like, maybe I just like, you know, Les Paul standards and specials. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe something's up with the, the way the custom's built that I just don't understand. I don't actually like them. But then I found this one. It was like, ah, this is, this is what I've been looking for. Yep. So they're tough. Les Paul, Les Pauls are tough to find the one you love. I, the one I have now, this is going to hurt to say, but it's not the Les Paul I love the most, but my girlfriend bought it for me. It's a Les Paul custom. And we made a deal. I can never get rid of it. So unless I'm I'm kicking her to the curb, then I got to I, I got to keep. But it, it listen. It plays great. It sounds great. It, it's it's cool. But I've I've played better Les Pauls, you know, for even a cheaper price too. So uh, I had a deluxe. I had a Les Paul deluxe that was real sick. And with the um, mini humbuckers. With the mini buckers, yeah. I just wasn't attached to the mini buckers. Otherwise, just knowing now, I I, I would take that guitar in a heartbeat because you know in those live settings. It's hard, man. You got to have something that you really can you 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 can trust. Like my fingers got to be ready for that fretboard and ready for that guitar. Otherwise, I, I'm gonna botch a solo. Same thing goes with like your tones too. Like you got to really you got to be dialed in live. So I'm just not there yet with the, with my less, but I'm sure I'll get there. Three thirty five, I'm ready to go, and the Strat, I'm ready to go too. But, nice. Um, yeah, I would say fifty. You know what? Let's just go fifty two Blackguard. Fat that's you, an easy fat one. you neck like like big neck yeah because if yeah, we're going to worse i'll that. sell it for i'll sell it for 40 grand and me and you will go i'll go buy you a jazz master and get me something else <laughs> <laughs> well, i appreciate you thinking of me that that way that's wonderful um no i was thinking something when i was listening to some of your songs earlier today and i i, I know this is not what you play but i think what would sound really good if you played it would be a 
original, uh, either a Telecaster Deluxe or maybe one of the Telecaster Thin Lines, something with the dual wide range humbuckers. I feel like that would be a really good, good sound for your vibe. Have you ever played one of those? You know what? I have, and you almost got to sp- like nail on the head because I want to play a telly live, right? But I just can't do double single. So what I was thinking of doing was get was carving out and having a humbucker put in the neck. Mm-hmm. Do you think that could work as good? I so I one of my favorite guitars is. I have a 1974 Tele Custom, and so nice. that is the vintage wide-range humbucker in the neck, which is kind of a special pickup. I, I don't know if you know much about them, but... Yep, I know. And then... Okay, perfect. So, yeah, then the Tele Single Coil Bridge, and that in the middle position is just such a good sound because it's just both... It's like the best of both worlds type of thing. Yeah, I, I might so, actually do that. I'm Because I, I told you I have that... Um, I have the, uh, the Smuggler Tele. So the cavities yeah. already like out. So I could totally. probably just get like a nice, like original, you know, deluxe pickup for that. You know what yeah, you should try? Yeah, I got something you should try. So my, my friend, uh, uh, Joshua, he runs a company called Righteous Sound Pickups. And he okay. made me the first set of what he calls his galaxies. Okay. And those are a wide range style, you know, individual threaded rod magnet like the originals, but they're in a standard humbucker size case. Okay. And I can personally say they don't sound exactly like the originals, but they are really close. And I don't know that if I, if I didn't have one to compare it to, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I don't think they sound really good and they sound really good split, which I don't normally like split coils that well, but these sound okay. great split. They sound like a telly. It's it's crazy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a shot because my Telecaster is actually the next guitar for me to start playing with. My next project is that Smuggler Tele because it's it plays so good. Like it like if if I if I just handed it to you, you would no doubt say this is one of the best Tellys I've ever played. <clears throat> like the action's always perfect and spot on. Like the board, like it's got like that you know C or D neck, like nice and thin. But it's a maple board and you could fly on it. You could really like move around on it and. I like it personally because it has like, you know, the, the, for, for bending, it's just, it's like butter. The guitar just lets you bend like butter. It doesn't like it. Some guitars give you a hard time. You got to put like the real work into it. And I'm a vibrato guy. Look, I don't care. You could hit a million notes in a second. If you could take one note and make it sing for, for 20 seconds, that, that could be everything to me. So I understand <clears throat> that's just my like preference in playing, you know? So it's this, I want to mod this telly out and me and you definitely got to talk further about that, that pickup that you're talking about. Cause I would love to acquire one and throw it in. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll make this happen. We'll, t- we'll, we'll talk more about that for sure. Um, we are, we are closing in on the last, uh, the last few of the main podcast here. And I got a, I got a couple classic questions I got to ask before we wrap this thing up. Let's do it. All right. Okay. So I know you're not a big pedal guy. So this one, you know, you may not have much preference on, but that said, what is your favorite boss pedal? Ooh, boss. They they got a lot of dirt, right? Oh yeah. They got, well, they got everything. They're like the OGs in the, in the, in the pedal game. They're one of the, they've been around forever. Can I say blues driver? Absolutely. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. Blues driver because it's so classic. I don't want to say metal zone because I'll get kicked in the head. But at one point, <laughs> I wanted a metal zone. I was like 13 years old. I wanted to be Jeff Hanneman. I wanted a metal zone. But no, I would say blues driver for sure. Solid pedal. Solid pedal. Yeah, perfect blues driver. I like it. And uh, you, you may be interested to know. Um, now I might be getting this backwards. Um, but Brian Fallon, when he was on for the second time, he said the the main difference between if I'm getting, I might maybe screwing this up, but the main difference between like the senior and the queen EP and like sink or swim guitar tone is okay. he swapped the uh, compressor for a blues driver on the senior and the queen EP. And okay. that was really the only difference. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Cause the guitar definitely sounds different on that. And so I need to go back and double check my, my yeah, notes yeah. and make sure that's a, that's accurate. But he did say it on this podcast. So we, we can find it somewhere. That means he's played one. <laughs> <laughs> means he knows but yeah, yeah he knows driver. he's a gear guy from what i see he's a gear guy for sure oh 
He definitely is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some beautiful things, and I've seen him let go. I go to Russo's in Asbury and say, whoa, I just I just saw him with that. Like, you know, and then I see that he has, like, like this one telly he had. It was like a paisley telly with, like, a full rosewood, like, neck and, and headstock. It was beautiful. And then I saw it in Russo's. I'm like, damn, this guy, he's like me, you know, just with more money. <laughs> <laughs> and he, and yeah, he's got he's a lot a- more success. He's a he's such a well he's a he's very disciplined in a way that I'm not though. Uh he like will only keep like a handful of guitars where I'm right. I'll just hoard and hoard and hoard. He he's like he's like nah. He's like I can't let him. He's like I can't do that. He's like that's, that's cool. ridiculous. He's he's like it's time to move him on. If I'm not playing him it's time to move him on. So that's go. cool of him too. Um next question though. Then this is uh this is probably, you know, the topic of a hot debate in your neck of the woods. And mm-hmm. that would be what's your favorite pizza? Oh man, so uh, I'm vegan, but I will answer this as if I wasn't vegan because <laughs> okay, I because you weren't I, at one time. I was not vegan for most of my life, and I ate more slices of pizza than Tony Soprano, dude. I mean, let's be real here. I used to live for pizza, so my favorite pizza is from a place called Pizza Masters in Bayonne, New Jersey, and uh, it they make a grandma Sicilian slice, so mm-hmm. it's like a thin Sicilian slice fresh mutts, basil, more sauce than cheese, which I prefer. I okay. prefer that. I prefer the grandma style because it's like little blotches of cheese, but it's got like that nice coat of sauce on it. And it's thin, man. It's like thin Sicilian. That's my slice. Mm-hmm. There gotcha. you go. Can't get better. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I like your, I like your move. I've, I have usually when a vegan answers that question, they're like, well, I'm vegan. So I like this kind of vegan pie. They're corny. The first they're, of like- <laughs> they're corny. Listen, I, I don't, I have no intention of like ever eating dairy again, but I still think about that grandma slice. Come on, man. It's, it, it, I grew up with it, you know, let's be real. Right. <laughs> I like it. There I like it. I gotta, I gotta have the most, res- that, that's some that, much respect. That is- <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's me <laughs> that's being amazing. straight up. All right, man. Well, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, what you're up to, and all that jazz. Uh, Ferentz and the Felons, F-E-R-E-N-T-Z, and the Felons. You could just Google. Obviously, like in this age, you could just Google that. Spotify, iTunes. Uh, we have like a website, www.ferentsandthefelons.com. We got some stuff up on YouTube. And uh, right now, I'm working on some new music in the studio, and I have a hometown show. Uh, in Asbury Park at House of Independence, December 27th. And then I'm planning on doing a lot more stuff in 2020. So right now is just getting some new music out. But uh, it's going to be coming out. I'm going to be dropping singles like sporadically. So Sweet. Constant Sweet. new music. Awesome. Well, everybody keep glued to all of that, you know. And Instagram, is that your primary like social outlet like most, most, people, most people these days? Yeah, and it's just at we are all felons. So that's it. Just we, we are all felons. Sweet, sweet. All right, man. This is so good having you on. I really appreciate you taking the time and dealing with my scheduling and all that stuff. So I appreciate it. And thank you because I'm not as much of a gear nerd, but I love guitar and amps. So that's what we, that's my preference is the guitar. I'm the guitar nerd. That counts. That's, that counts. that's all gear. Yeah, it that's is. That's all gear. I'm, hey. I'm the weird, I'm the weirdo, like running it into all these computer boxes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so. There you go. All right, man. All right, everybody. For Zach, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There we go. All right. You made it to the end. No pizza this time, though. Sorry. It's just too soon. Too soon to be giving away those, uh, those pizzas willy-nilly. We don't, we don't have a pizza sponsor yet. Maybe that's what I need to work on. Add that to the to-do list. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you would like more of these type of conversations, guess what? There's more over on Patreon. Zach and I posted up and we chatted for a good long while. I think we, we had another 40 or 50 minutes squeezed in there over on Patreon. So if that's your type of thing... You can go to patreon.com slash tonemob, and there's like 60-plus additional episodes waiting for you whenever you're ready, including new additional content every week. So, if that's your thing, go for it. If not, I totally get it. Everyone's in a different spot, but appreciate the support. All right, talk to you next week. Bye. 
One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com and check them out.